Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all, Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist. Welcome back to Chop Talk. I'm your host, Nate England. Wherever you listen to the show, please write a review and give us a five-star rating. Check out photos and links from this week's show on the Chop Talk Facebook page, and be sure to share this podcast with everyone at your dojo. In last week's episode, Ezra and I took longer than expected catching up on all the training we've been doing in the last few months. So in today's show, we narrow down the discussion, focusing on the positives and negatives of open styles of karate. We also have some great interviews and episodes lined up for the next few weeks, so be sure to check back in soon. To find out more about Ezra Scott from James McLean's Kosho School of Karate in Nashville, visit www.koshokarate.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. So this has sort of been a catch-up episode to find out what, what we've been up to in the last few months since people heard from us, but I also was hoping to bring up a topic for some from discussion also. And so I threw out open styles. Mm. And we didn't really talk about this much before, so we left it kind of open. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we left but we left the discussion very, very open. So I mean what are your thoughts on open styles? First kind of what is your definition and then what are some of the positives and negatives of it? Yeah, I mean, that was when you brought it up, I I was just sort of thinking, like, I wonder what, because you, you had brought it up with me via text. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I wonder what exactly he means by that. You know, because there's certainly, like, you know, say, like, I would think of Shuriru as being an open style, at least around a lot of the people that I have been around in mm. so much as that sure guys are open to oh, using see. other combat sports disciplines. Okay. You know, as a way to make it, uh, as a you know, way to, to strengthen the students fighting ability, mm-hmm. i.e. Okay. You know, Mr. Awad, Mr. McLean used to go to boxing gyms yep. and box. They knew about boxing. Uh, Mr. McLean uh, competed in judo heavily in mm-hmm. Chicago in the sixties. So they're open to, you know, other stuff, but then there also are, you know, when I Googled about it a little bit, there are um, like styles of karate that are called open styles. Like mm-hmm. the, the one that I found was Mr. Piddington. There's some, some people listen to this may have heard of him before. He was, he's a West coast guy. He's from, I think it's Ashland, Oregon. 
Um, but he was a contemporary of like Joe Lewis and all those guys. He competed against Joe Lewis on the West Coast mm-hmm. uh, in karate. He did some kickboxing. And he basically, he was the first person, or at least according to their website, um, Master Trius kind of like approved him to have what he called an open style of karate, meaning that he was really, you know, just taking different, he, he was like, he wasn't saying what, that what he was teaching was a Okinawan style per se. Mm-hmm. He was teaching his own style of karate that was based on what he had learned from lots of different people. Yeah. So it may have included katas from different styles. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what that's at least that's what they meant by open style, and he was like approved by since a uh, Trius by Grandmaster Trius as like an official, the official open style karate head yeah. in the USAA. So I don't what it, what what does that what does that when you were asking me yes. that what does that mean to you? Yeah, and what it meant to me, it, it's interesting that you brought up your mind went to an open style being someone who's open to ha- to having other martial arts. So my what my thought was sort of the latter, where somebody who has trained in different types of of karate or martial arts, but let's say karate, and then put together their own style that doesn't necessarily follow. So if you're doing promotions and teaching, you don't necessarily follow the Shuriru promotion standards, if you're, uh, you know, like uh, you're not going to the pinnacle. What does it say to do in this kata? Ah, okay, this is an elbow. All right. And then I go to what? Uh, the book says this. Oh, okay. But the chief instructor says something a little bit different. Okay, either one's okay. All right. They don't have that sort of reference. So they're not following a specific style, Shotokan, Wadoru, whatever. There is, mm-hmm. they've maybe done these different styles, but now they're kind of doing their own thing. And that was... That okay. was what my view of it was. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's like um, I was—I actually was just watching a YouTube video. There's a guy. It's I think it's called Chris Miller Photography, and he's put out a series of really cool videos, all of Okinawan karate masters, where he just goes over there and he makes this little about thirty or forty-five minute uh, video mm. about a specific master and these are all like current day you know like ninth and tenth dawn mm-hmm. okinawan guys right and to my great pleasure i went on youtube today and saw that he had put one up about major perry who you mm. may remember from remember we went to his seminar yeah, at the of Nationals, course of course who is he i mean the guy's like for anybody listening to this Go on there and watch that YouTube video. It is so cool because he he is really one of the first um, Westerners to train in karate in Okinawa. You know, like he was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And he was over there in the nineteen uh, late nineteen fifties. You know, doing karate, mm-hmm. and he is you know really respected uh, by a lot of people as being like really a legitimate uh, karate master. And he was talking about how he he started, of course, with oh my mind is running blank. The um, Ishinru, okay, guy. Oh, uh, uh, Shimabuku Tatsuo Shimabuku, Shimabuku Shimabuku. Yes, sir. Shimabuku Sensei. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He started with him, 
But then he was saying then after that, his next experience was he went out and trained with this guy and his son out in the country. And he actually said, he didn't say open style, but he said, you know, they weren't really a style. They just, they were family. Mm. And he said he, they didn't really have a style. They were family. So it sounded like they, you know, they might've known this kata and they knew that kata, mm-hmm. but these are like, you know, guys who have been doing karate for long, long time. These old Okinawa guys, you know, yeah. uh, but they didn't per se have a style. So okay. sometimes, okay. It, but that, you know, that it may be just as much as like, you kind of have to work with what you've got. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some people that have access to orthodox, preserved orthodox information about a style mm-hmm. who love martial arts and can and have that. There's other yeah. people that don't have access to that. Yeah. And so they kind of have to do the best they can with what they've got, you know? Right. And I mean, sometimes that leads to that, yeah. you know, where it's like, well, I can teach you what I know, and I learned this from this person, and I learned this from this person. Right. now, And that's not necessary. I mean, that's my, my view on it. I would never think, personally, I would never think that hold, because somebody was... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before you, before, style, wait, 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 wait. Stop. It. Stop. It's you my know? podcast. Damn it. Shut up. Okay. Um, before, you go on to, before you go on to make that point, um, it's interesting that you say this, this was happening in Okinawa because that's always my like my kind of jokey go-to answer. It's like, okay, if you're in Okinawa, well, there's a 10th Don in Shorinru living here, and then across the street there's a 9th Don in Goju-ru, and there's an Ishinru guy who's a who's an 8th Don caddy corner, and you can just go to any dojo you want. But even in Okinawa, there are places that are rural, and it's hard to get to. Um, and I watched, yeah. the be- I watched the beginning of the video. You sent me a link to that video right before we started recording this, so I, I watched the first five minutes. But in the beginning of that video, um, Doug Perry was talking about karate in the United States, which in the you know fifties and sixties, and he's, he was saying even into the seventies, people weren't that worried about styles. They would just get together and train and exchange what knowledge they had, which led to quote unquote. That's right. Open styles. Now, go back. What point were you making before I jumped in there? Oh, well, I think that I had already gone into making, like, value judgments about it, yeah. which may have been hasty for the conversation. But, you know, just just meaning that some, I guess, and that basically what I was, I was saying the exact same thing as what you were echoing Mr. Perry saying right there, which is just, you don't always have access to that information, mm-hmm. you know, of an orthodox style. And so yeah. you're just kind of, sometimes you're sure just, got to do the best you can with what you know. Like I learned this from this person, I learned this from this person. Right. I can humbly teach that to you as well as I can. And there's a difference between that and somebody being like, well, I've come up with my own thing and it's superior to everything else. And it's a, oh, you know, where people are just sort of throwing out any wisdom mm. from the past and saying that they have come up with the new thing and it's an open style and okay. this, because, you know, we won't call any names, but I certainly have been around, yeah. you know, people in martial arts who were like that, who, you know, I've got, I've written this book and I've come up with a complete system that is, you know, and you're sort of thinking, well, yeah. I don't know, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ezra. So, so here's, here's the question. So you brought up a lot of sort of positives for that. And I, and I agree with, agree with them. The more, and the more you talked about it and brought up these examples, the more I'm 
leaning towards your side. But that, mm-hmm. but then there is that line. So where do you go from the line to studying the martial arts seriously and doing the best from what you can and still being open to learning other things and improving your martial arts to having an open style because you've studied five different things and therefore you're an expert in all of them and therefore your new style is superior to everything because that's at some point you cross that line mm-hmm. yep now what well that, i think it's i think you could pretty much sum it up in one word mr england all right humility okay humility you know, because that's like, I mean, to some extent, if you come to my school, that's what you're going to get. But what I really, what I really venture to do is be humble about all of it. Mm. You know, I'm going to show you what I feel comfortable showing you, you know, that these are the things I've learned, mm-hmm. but I'm not claiming to be a master of any of it, Right. you know, and that's a real different thing than, well, you know, I've been studying for a long time and I've you know, realize what is the best from all these different things that I've done and I've compiled into this, you know, thing where I'm going to, you know, yeah. that's what I just completely try to avoid any yeah. attitude like that, yeah. you know, I, I, which is because, I mean, I, cause I guess that's the thing is if you, if you didn't, if you didn't learn direct transmission from a master of something, then you can't really say you're a master of something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but that said, there's a lot of things that you would come and learn at my school that are really cool, that are really great for self-defense and really yeah. effective for like sparring and combat sports that mm-hmm. you might not learn from somebody yeah. who learned just really specifically orthodox right. martial arts style. Right. You so, know, because so- I have, it's sort of one of these things where, uh, you'll hear people use the word dichotomy, but it's, I don't know if that's exactly appropriate for this, but it's just basically to say there's consequences to everything in life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a karate style that has this orthodox, true, you know, pure water version of a style that's been passed down for a couple hundred years, mm-hmm. that has a lot to offer that you are never going to get from somebody like me who is more studied the fundamentals of different combat sports, mm-hmm. you know, you, you won't get that, but vice versa, they won't learn that those things. Okay. All and right. Now, just kind of, and hopefully there's just some room for all of us. Yep. Hold on. Now, hold on, Ezra. So, so you brought up another good point, which is if these people have studied different things, how in depth do you know them? Because even when I got my black belt, there's, there's, you know, I got my black belt 20 years ago. Okay. But the things that I learned then, I, I know even those fundamentals, I know so much better now having, having focused on them for all, for all this time. So if you're not training in a certain style and you're, you've bounced around, even if you've had good experience, how can can you make sure you get those these some of these things in depth now one thing that i found with all the people that i've trained at trained with whether it was at your school or whether it was in okinawa is at a certain point a lot of the fundamentals they they're the same you know the way you are in your way you're doing your blocks the way you're in your stance there's overlap between all these different styles 
Mm-hmm. But you have to train. Like my karate got better studying Shorinru in Okinawa. You know, even though I wasn't studying Shuriru, my karate was but my karate was improved. Um. So how can somebody who doesn't have acts, you know, who hasn't had that in-depth training, training with either one person or one style, add to that depth and get some of that nuance to add to their own training, even if if they're doing this quote-unquote open style? This is Mike Tarvin of Tarvin Plumbing Company. You may have heard me answering questions as a plumbing expert on The Gary Sullivan Show over the years. I'm here today to make you aware of our company. We perform plumbing repairs of all types. We've been in business since 1907 through five generations of family members. That's 109 years of providing top quality workmanship and outstanding service. If you're having issues with leaks, stoppages, water heaters, fixtures, or piping, we're here to help. Spring rains may be taking a toll on your sump pump. To help out, ask us about our summer sump pump special. We can inspect the existing pump and replace it if necessary for a special summer price. We can also inspect or add a battery backup and other devices for extra security to keep you high and dry. We offer you peace of mind for your plumbing system with reliable, trustworthy service backed by years of experience. Tarvin Plumbing is a Cincinnati company with an appreciation of the wide range of plumbing challenges this city offers. So if you or someone you know has a need for plumbing repairs of any type, please think of us at Tarvin Plumbing. You can reach us at tarvinplumbing.com. That's tarvinplumbing.com. Thank you. Okay, so I think I have an answer for you on that, actually, or the beginning of one. All right, let's start up. So I think... Yeah, I think it has to do with how are they how are they practicing it? Okay, so mm. so I think that the you're going to have more success with the open style thing if it's one that has a lot to do with sparring and like sort of physical law. Okay, right? Because like um, say with like grappling martial arts if they're grappling martial arts where you are doing full contact grappling, whatever the, whatever the aim of the grappling it is, is like say with, you know, freestyle folk style wrestling, you're trying to score points or you're trying to pin the other guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of thing. You can't really, there's not a lot of bullshit in it. (laughs) Okay. There's not much room for, you know what I'm saying? There's not much room for bullshit. Like, with a jiu-jitsu tournament, and that's a, you know, just like point karate, uh, BJJ tournaments are extremely flawed, and you're going to hear lots of people say lots of different things about that. But ultimately, you have two people, they're getting out on the, on the mat, they're mm. grabbing a hold of each other, they're trying to pull the other one down onto the mat and get on top of him or, you know, choke him or bar his arm. Well, it's hard to lie about that. Yeah, so, yeah. You could have people that really bounce around a lot and haven't really specifically learned a lot from any one source, but they're still pretty damn good, and they have something to offer. Now, they don't have the same thing to offer that, like, Hickson or Horion or Helson or one of those guys. They don't have – they can't offer you what those guys can because those guys learned a martial arts style from a grandmaster, from their dad. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're going to be able to teach you a lot of things, nuances and things okay. that somebody who has just been real successful in tournaments can't. All right, but now, the thing is, is you can't really say that that tournament guy is totally bullshit. No, no, no. If he can do these things too. N- now, hold on a second. Now, let when me get into... Wait, 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 wait. Now, 
Let me mm-hmm. add this in. This may have been where you were going. Now, that makes mm-hmm. sense with anything that, that's hands-on, you know, especially the tournament-related stuff, whether it's punching and kicking or grappling. Now, I think one of the, yep. the difficult points is if you're training in karate and you're working kata or blocks, you're working the forms. So maybe you learned an Ishinru kata and a Shuriru kata and a Shotokan kata, and you're working on all these in your open-style dojo. The difficulty then is, if you're the instructor, there's nobody to say, I know, you know, you're doing that move wrong. You're not, you're not moving your hips correctly. You forgot out this, you forgot this chunk of kata, this just chunk of the kata. And there's a danger when you're running the open style and running a kata in open style and you just get to do whatever you want to do. And I'm in charge, so I get to run the kata this way or that way. And... There's no, there's no oversight. There's no one telling you to get your stances lower to bring your elbow in to make that form to perfect that form, and then to show you the application. You know what are these moves? Where are we just yep. doing some dance moves in the air, or you know does this have some sort of self defense application that's hidden in the kata? So I think that's the danger, and that's, that's one of the that's things a, that misses. That's exactly where I was going. Mm. That that is exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's just I think it gets really that gets really dangerous with kata based martial arts. And so, like I would say, like at my place, that is where I draw the line. Mm. You know, I don't learn I don't learn other karate katas, which is not to say that I wouldn't ever. Yeah. But I keep my kata based um, view really centered on shuriru mm-hmm. because that's my style of karate that I learned. Right. You know, now at the same time, we may do, you know, fundamental, you know, very basic boxing, wrestling, stuff like that, that where I feel real comfortable that I am not imparting a bad fundamental to the guys Uh or, you know, as comfortable as I can be without being a master of those things. Right. Uh, But I don't like just, okay, now I'm going to go learn this kata and then we just run this kata. You don't, because the thing is, is all these, styles of karate have specific characteristics mm-hmm. the katas are not interchangeable you know yeah that i think that gets it gets really squirrely with kata based martial arts and there's yeah. a lot of room then when you have this person who's just claiming to be a master of an open style mm-hmm. and this is not to say that anybody that's doing that isn't isn't, isn't a master because you could be doing that and legitimately be a master yeah but most of the time that's going to be pretty squirrely because then you're just believing this guy right. who says that it's this right. rather than with like, say if you're a Gojiru person and you're in uh Higaona sensei's group, there's not, a, he, he's the only person that could be shooting you a line of bullshit. The people <laughs> under him can't really be shooting you a line of bullshit because there's right. what it is. Right. That exists. It exists. This is what it is. Right. You know, I mean, saying Shuriru nowadays, uh, Mr. Bowles, Mr. Awad, those would be the guys like that. Where right. they could they could tell you like, nope, that's not it. That's, right. That's bullshit. Right. You know, where if you get into just like, oh, now Ezra went and learned this kata from this Shotokan guy down the street, and now we're going to run that. Well, I mean, if you know much of anything about it, 
they don't move their hips the same way we do. They don't move up right. and down the mat the same way we do. And it's not just all the same in every karate style. No, it's not. Like they have very, very fundamentally different ways of moving their bodies. So, right. and, and that's why now, now you, pretty, you said gets you, pretty squirrely. <laughs> you said you you don't you know you try not to learn katas from other styles. Now I do. You know that's you know when I'm training in Okinawa, I go to the Shorinru Dojo. I'm doing their kata, but. What I had yeah to, you you but you're in Okinawa <laughs> yeah. right okay but, but the same thing anywhere else if I worked out somewhere in the U S and they're doing some other kata so I try to draw the separation okay now I am in a uh you know Muso Shinden is it Muso Shinden what's uh what's what uh, were Kony, Kony, uh I'll clip this part out because it makes me sound dumb I don't know I'm I'm doing you know I'm in Konishi's <laughs> dojo in Tokyo. And Shindo Musoru, I think. Or that might be a sword style. Whatever it is they're doing. And I'm going to try to do their kata exactly the way that they do it. And then when I come back to the U.S., I'm going to try to do their kata, when I practice it, the same way they do it. Rather than sort of morph it to match what I'm doing in Shuriru. Um, yeah, yeah, because the, because fundamentally what you would hope to learn from that is how they how they move probably yes. like I, when I've been I've trained with uh, Wataru guys mm-hmm. and same thing when I do that I'm not trying to do a a Wataru kata as a Shuriru guy mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the Wataru kata as a white belt in Wataru because it isn't the same right now going into it I'm I'm a lot I'm a black belt in something else mm-hmm. being a white belt in that which is different than just being a white belt that is true because I have more fundamental knowledge but i'm not trying to just collect the sort of basic movements and then just run them through my lens of martial arts Mm -hmm. i'm trying to see what is their lens right and hopefully that would be the thing that would really actually make me a better martial artist yeah you know i mean now and you also some of that stuff is is personality based i should say too i'm not not going and learning other katas because i think you should do that Right. I, I'm just not as into. I'm personally not as into that. Where you're really good at going and being able to learn something like that in another country and really remember it, remember the fundamental things the person was saying. Where I'm more kind of, I would guess you would say ADD or whatever about it. Where the <laughs> stuff that appeals sure. to me the most is just that's uh, sure that's accurate. Uh, the stuff where you're grabbing on people or hitting okay. people or stuff like that. I generally cotton towards that more. Okay. That's the kind of things that I would remember more, but you know. Okay. So, so yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. I think that gets pretty squirrely if somebody, especially if you're going and learning from another style mm-hmm. and then you're just trying to do it like how you guys do it. Well, then why did you even go learn how to do it from them? You right. know? Looking for a way to gain an edge on the competition? Want to give your body some much needed relief and relaxation? Try Medical Resort ATAC, Okinawa specialists in sports therapy and wellness care. ATAC offers customizable massage therapy. Try their oxygen chamber to increase metabolism, reduce fatigue, and promote faster recovery from injuries. Take their stretching course to increase flexibility and release muscle fatigue. ATAC also offers special courses in static and thermal therapy, foot therapy, and head therapy. Or try a session of ATAC's latest offering, acupuncture therapy, with their fully licensed acupuncture therapist. Want to find out more? ATAC is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Stop into their center located at 12830 Oroku in Naha City, Okinawa. Call 
859-1890 or visit them on the web at www.a-tac.net. That's www.a-tac.net. Staff is fluent in English, Portuguese, Spanish, and Japanese. Okay, so next, I want to bring up, so if we're talking about these open styles, I want to talk about the standards. If it's open, I think some of these places at least don't have a necessarily written criteria of promotion requirements. And depending on the level of the instructor's training, the quality of the students underneath them might not be as high as someone who came from one of these more rigid, organized styles. So so if the instructor's understanding is a little bit lower, but he's an open style and he was a, I don't know, a black belt level in something, and now he's created his open style and he's promoted himself to eighth degree black belt, then all of the ranks underneath get inflated and spread out. So now you have people that are at these lower levels that are, well, I'm a fourth degree black belt. I'm a fifth degree black belt. But then you look at, but compared to one of these more organized styles, they're a green belt. They're a purple belt. You know, so how do we address that issue? Yeah, I think that that's one of those things where if it's a, open style why is that it seems to me that when you're doing that then what you're doing should just speak for itself you don't need to have have yourself be a rank because Mm -hmm. that doesn't i mean ranks in something has to do with there being a codified approach to mastery Mm -hmm. right so like in shiru there's a codified approach to mastering the shiru system which is defined in Sensei Trias' book and then later in books by, you know, Mr. Bowles uh, or uh, Mr. Abel. Okay. Right? It's a, yeah. it's a cod- there's a codified road, a route, mm-hmm. to what those guys who, who were the originators of it consider mastery of that. Mm-hmm. And you can follow that road and become a master. That's, like, that's what you've done, you know? Well, I so, haven't done. I'm working on it, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not that you have mastered it, but you know what I'm saying. That's yeah. what you're you're on that on that path, you know. Mm. So, if you have just made something up, well, then how is there? I mean, what's the point even? I mean, you might as well just say, "Why, well, you know, do some different things," you know. And I'm about as good as I am. Yeah, I think that's the best you can do with that. I think that you end up, you really, you really are putting yourself in a perilous position of of seeming like a fraud if you especially if you are promoting yourself mm-hmm. i don't i just it's like what's the point of, i mean you don't need a belt that's like say if you if you go in a boxing gym the coach doesn't have a rank i mean unless right. you're in the soviet union where they or a former soviet box state where they have the master of sport categories in that uh-huh. okay there's yeah. no ranking right it's just you you fucking know a lot oh excuse my language maybe you can cut that out um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> you you have no you have no ranking you know, you just know a lot. All the boxers there, when they come in there and want to learn how to box, yeah, 
it's your place and you've got the information in there. They want to, you know, if they didn't have right. any confidence in you, they would leave and go to another another right. place. Right. You go into the boxing gym, you, you find the, you, you go into the boxing gym, you find the oldest blackest guy there and you listen to whatever he has to say. That's right. That's right. You know, Tom and uh, Terry Brands have no rank in wrestling. Right. They are the coaches of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Right. And they are the coaches of the Iowa Hawkeyes because they were, you know, greatly yeah. decorated collegiate and then international wrestlers. Yeah. So they don't need to tell you. They don't need to make up something and say they're a tenth don. Right. Okay. They can so beat your ass in wrestling. <laughs> all right, Ezra. Okay. So. So I've been thinking a lot about this recently, and that's why I threw out this title of this, this topic of open rank. Uh, I'm sorry, open styles, which is there are a lot of karate schools out there around the United States, and I guess around the world, where if you go in and you say what style are you teaching, they'll say, "Oh, we're doing karate." Okay, what style of karate? There's different styles of karate. Uh, they 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 don't know, or they there it's some. Um, it's something that somebody has created more recently. And when people first start the martial arts, you know, if the, you know, soccer mom decides to be a karate mom and signs up junior at the strip mall down the road, that's closest to their, uh, you know, suburban home, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because junior's going to do that for three or four years and then go on and he's going to play football or he's going to do something else. But for the people that are, that are, have been doing this and training in this for a long time, how do they continue to improve? And how do they... Okay. One of the things that I want to make sure that we're doing in Cincinnati is, at Kosho School of Karate in Cincinnati, I want to make sure that we're in line with the other top schools around, not around the country, around the world. If somebody I know visits from Okinawa and they see someone at our school who's a purple belt running a kata, I don't want them to think, what the fuck? This, this person doesn't know what they're doing. I want them to think, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, they're a different style of karate, but all right, that's about what our purple belts look like. And I want it to be the same in Tokyo, as in South Africa, as in Okinawa. It needs to be that same level. They might be doing things differently, but it needs to be that same level. And I think for the open style, if you're in an open style or a newly created style, I think you need to make sure that you're trying to get to that level too. And how well, do we, how do yeah, we and that's, do that? And that's, and that's tricky for some of the people that you're talking about, though, because for some of them, the reason that they are a quote-unquote open style is because when they were a kid, they went to the karate school that was in their town. And the sensei was a guy who learned, you know, uh, Taekwondo first from one person and they learned some karate from another person, but then they've mostly focused their thing on doing tournaments say, Mm -hmm. and maybe they're a good tournament fighter or they were a kickboxer. Mm -hmm. And so they mostly just teach tournament fighting and kickboxing and then they teach a few katas, and they probably don't know the interpretation of them too much mm-hmm. because that's geared just towards the students also being able to compete in that division when they go to a tournament, right? Right. Well, like, fundamentally, as far as a lot of the cr- criteria 
that you judge a karate style by, what they're doing is not really that great. Um, but by the standards of what that does, like, and I guess I don't, I don't know that that necessarily is the way to think about it, but I usually am thinking about martial arts as like, what does this do for the world? What does this do for our country? Mm -hmm. Am I making, am I, you know, that's the thing that, you know, I want to, the guys that come in to train with me, you know, right now at my school. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. There's a whole, Hold on a second. Hold that thought. My my uh, recording program's yep. being a little little spazzy. Hey everyone, like the show? Enjoy hearing interviews with martial artists from around the world? Then share it with a friend, family member, coworker, everyone at your dojo, your fellow karateka. You can find new episodes every Sunday at choptalk.podbean.com. That's choptalk.podbean.com. And don't forget to like the show on Facebook. Thanks. Hey, Nate, we're back. All right, good. Uh, okay. so, sorry about that, man. We went way longer than I expected. And uh, if you start getting over an hour, and we were over an hour and a half, um, audacity starts to back up. So I always like to stop and save off. And uh, the program froze, so I was a little worried we missed. We were going to lose the whole conversation, but I was able to save it. Good, good, excellent. excellent. But I wasn't, I don't think that, I, I'm not sure whether or not we caught the end. So I guess my, my, my last question to you, we'll pick up from there, mm-hmm. which was, yep. uh, what was it? How do we... Imp- how do we keep the standards high for these open styles or the rank, the inflating of ranks? Yeah. I mean, I just, I just think that when you're, if you're not in line with an orthodox style of karate, it gets really squirrely mm-hmm. having rank mm-hmm. rank becomes kind of a, a weird thing because it's like, what is the, what is the purpose of that? You know, in, in, in your, in your dojo to have that high rank, it seems like just sort of a fabrication to me, you know, where it feels like it should be just based on your ability, you know, that your, that your students want to train with you because they know that you're good. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I mean, I guess that's, that's, I, I think what I was saying was, I think it gets, it gets tricky because we don't like, so I think that like, while I think that while what you're trying to do is very good and an excellent thing for you to shoot for, there may be somebody else. Like, and I would use the, the example of say like you have, you know, this is a small town in Kentucky, right? Rural area. Okay. Uh, you've got a guy where he has a dojo that is basically a open style dojo just by virtue of that, that's what he learned. You know, his uncle was, say, like a Mudaquan guy uh, that was just primarily focused on doing tournaments and stuff a lot in the 70s, mm-hmm. and then he was a tough dude, so he figured out how to apply some of these tournament techniques okay. to street combat, mm-hmm. and that's essentially what you're teaching. And then maybe you teach one or two katas, but the idea behind that is just to allow your students to be able to also compete in that division Mm-hmm. when they go to an to an open uh tournament so it's not really about preserving a 
the bunkai or any kind of hidden or inner meaning of it or even necessarily, uh, you know, deep physical training, mm-hmm. but just that, like you're sort of doing that as another thing to compete in and it's good for your coordination. Okay, okay so I just, I just want to make sure personally because I have worked out with people who are from that background mm-hmm. that were way better, tougher martial artists and athletes than people that I've worked out from, with that were from some really, really orthodox, highfalutin, ancient, quote-unquote, style. Okay. And I've also worked out with people who are from a highfalutin, quote-unquote, ancient style that were awesome mm. and that could fight really good. Or even maybe they couldn't fight really good, but they just knew a whole lot about karate and martial arts and, you know, a bunch of stuff I didn't know about. Yeah. You know, so I, just, I guess I just sort of think there's room for everybody. Yeah. But I think that that's a, that's a great goal for you and for Sensei Hammond to have at the Kosho school, because I think that that's within reach for you guys. Mm -hmm. But for some other sensei, that may not be in reach, and we don't want to make it seem like, oh, you shouldn't do do that, or they can't call what they're doing karate or something. Okay. You know, because if they learned it from their uncle and their uncle called it karate, then that's kind of dishonoring their uncle to say that, oh, well, it's not really karate. Yeah. You know, okay. even, you know what I mean? That's Fair all I enough. Think. Fair enough. But it's so, okay. So maybe your ultimate goal is different. Maybe it's the tournaments or these other things. I, I think what everybody can do is, first of all, whatever style, if it's open style or not, you can make sure that you have certain standards that you're trying to meet, whether that's you have to be able to learn certain katas or certain combinations or... Uh, if you're a tournament, if you're doing tournaments, you have to be able to compete in these tournaments at a certain level. So have set standards that then you stick by of what is a yellow belt, what is a brown belt, what is a black belt, so that it's not just uh, yeah. whatever you feel like. It's whatever mm-hmm. makes sense within the, the training that you, you are doing. And then I would also suggest that maybe your uncle didn't know everything about the martial arts. Um, I again, I don't want to call. We generally don't want to call people out specifically here, but I, I walked in a dojo once, and they were running what I think the Shoto, um, Shotokan guys call Pasai Show. So not Basai Dai. Sure, we have a Basai Dai, but there's a Pasai Show, a smaller Pasai. And which I also ran in Okinawa, they called it um, Pasai Gua or Koryu or Old Pasai. So these different styles. <laughs> and this open style group that I was watching, this kata was a disaster. I mean, it was a mess. And if, but if they could get with a Shotokan group or a Shorinru group and learn a more rigid version of this kata, I think their karate would step up to the next level. Yeah, that it gets, it gets really tricky with kata. Mm-hmm. It really does. It gets really tricky, you know, because you almost wonder in some of those situations. And I totally know what you're talking about because I've been to open style tournaments down here in Tennessee 
Uh, and when I say open style tournament, I just mean that everybody's welcome. Okay. Uh, not that it was like a specifically like to what we're talking about, but mm-hmm. uh, I've been to some of those and just seen where it's just like, well, this doesn't, this people fundamentally have no understanding at all about what this is about yeah. in Okinawan or Japanese karate. They don't, they don't, I mean, they don't, they don't understand any of it. Right. Uh, and it's sad, you know, uh, I just saw, I just, you know, I always want to err on the side of promoting people to do martial arts. Yeah. Even, you know, at the level that they can do it around them. Because that's the thing that's so tricky is, you know, everybody doesn't have somebody as knowledgeable to learn from as you and I have been fortunate to have. Yeah. And you don't want to be so negative about it that it causes people to not want to do it. Okay. Am I being, but am geez, I, at, the am sa- I being... at the same time, at the same time, when you see people doing that and karate is something that you love and have spent so much time. And especially for you, where you've like traveled around the world doing it. And then you're watching these people just do it completely wrong. Who it's, it's hard to take. So you know? am I just being a cynical asshole, Ezra? Is that it, it, you're not you're not just being a cynical asshole. <laughs> I mean, you are a little bit of a cynical asshole, okay. just personally, but but you're not you're not just being a cynical <laughs> asshole. Okay, okay, good. All right. Um, yeah. I guess. Okay, I, I take your point. I, I, I guess. I just know I've been. I mean, my big thing in the martial arts, just from my background with it, is you know with Mister McLean, and then subsequently with some of the MMA guys I've been around, the whole talk all the shit you want until you get on the mat thing is really good for martial arts, at least for certain people, because of the fact that it just takes so much of that out of it. That like if some guy that's a just like a tournament, you know, point fighter guy with a different colored uniform on can whip my ass sparring. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I mean, that's something. Yeah. And I really like that, that part of it. I think that that's like, that definitely is one of the arguments for continuing to have these sort of goofy sport (laughs) competition versions of things like jujitsu and karate and stuff like that Mm -hmm. is that ultimately you do get to go out there and feel the other person. Yeah. You know, that like, man, when that guy kicked me, when I saw him warming up, I thought that was a goofy looking hook kick, mm-hmm. but he nailed me with it. Yeah. And, you know, and I just think that's like a, a cool thing because also you can be way out in the country and throwing somebody in the ground is still throwing somebody on the ground. It's yeah. punching somebody in the face effectively is punching somebody in the face. And if both guys are like legitimately endeavoring to do that to the other guy and not allow the other guy to do that to them, they are encountering something very real, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and that's cool because the information that you are talking about as far as Kata and like the kind of stuff you've learned, that is not widely available. That is something that you have, spent a lot of money and spent sweated a lot of blood to get, 
you know, and not everybody is able to do that, yeah. you know? Okay. I mean, ideally more people would have more exposure to that, you know, yeah. to that information. But well, realistically, it, there isn't as much exposure to it. I don't know. Okay. You know, okay. It's, right. it's a, that's a tough, it's a tough question. <laughs> All right, Ezra. So here's, I think we're getting to the point of kind of wrapping it up and solving all of the problems of the world and of martial arts here. So oh, for sure, as, as usual on Shot Talk. Usual, yeah. I don't know why I need more episodes. People keep asking for more episodes. It's like we already solved all the issues, you know, five episodes ago. That's this is right. just bonus material. That's so, right. They don't need them. So I, I think what I would generally like to do to say the people that are involved in these open styles is make sure that you are step you're trying to step it up you're trying to bring it to the next level and follow a little bit about that first definition Ezra gave of open styles which is you're in a style that's open to training with other people if you truly are in this style that's made up of these different styles then you should be okay going and working out with somebody else and learning something else that might improve your karate now yep I would also like to encourage uh, some of these. Uh, w- what did you call them? The uh, the uh, codified style snobs. You know, mm-hmm. yep, pe- yep. people that are in these set styles. You know, if you're in the most authentic Okinawan version of Goju-ru out there, or anything in between, be open to helping out the people that are trying to get better because there's a lot of dojos out there that will just, they don't want to fool with you. If you're, if you know, there's okay, I'm a Shotokan dojo and this guy's been, you know, working out in, um, you know, Podunk, Mississippi. I don't want him around. He's not doing, you know, he's not doing, uh, you've been to that place too. (laughs) I have. They have some pretty good hooks. Yeah, yeah, and and for and for and for God's sake, when somebody comes in that's doing something different from what you're doing, even if you don't think it's very good, say, "Well, hey, let me show you. This is how we do it." Yeah, yeah. I see you guys do it this way. This is how we do it. Don't walk in and say, "I went to one one time where this gentleman, he was a Shotokan guy." Mm. And he, he started the started the seminar by saying he saw that there were some people in there that weren't Shotokan guys, but that's okay because there's only two kinds of karate. There's good karate and bad karate. <laughs> and, man, uh, my heart just sunk because you knew right at that moment, well, what I'm doing is not going to be good, right. you know? Yeah. And, man, it just completely turns people off. Yes. You know, even if even if you think what you're doing is better, act like you don't. That right. is the right way to be, you yeah. know? I mean, it's just because all you're going to do is just run people off. Yeah. You know, and that we need less of that. Absolutely. Ezra, yeah, that, yeah, I think that's definitely the way to be. Ezra, that's, that's a great point, and I think maybe that's a, that's a point we're going to go out on today. So uh, thank you very much for calling. It's been way too long all since right. we did this. And, uh, oh, another thing I did um, – we did during this little hiatus is uh, a very interesting movie came out. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's new movie, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There is a controversial scene in there that I would like to talk to you about. Do you know which one I'm talking about? 
I, I think I do. I think I do. Yeah, so there's a little bit that Bruce Lee made an appearance in this movie, and that's caused a little bit of a, a stir and some discussions, uh, especially with Bruce Lee's daughter. So I, I want to... Yes. I want to, maybe next week, I want to pick your brain on this and and see if we can uh, get to the root of this controversy. I think that sounds like a great idea. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Let's do it. All right, man. So I'll, I'll see you or I'll talk to you next week. And uh, until then, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Mr. England. Talk to you soon. Thanks again to Ezra Scott from James McLean's Kosho School of Karate for joining me today. If you want to learn more about Ezra and his school, please visit www.koshokarate.wordpress.com. Well, what did you think about today's discussion on open styles of karate? Did we get it right? Get it wrong? Leave something out? Check out the Chop Talk Facebook page for links and videos from this week's show and to share your comments on today's discussion. Keep checking back. We have some great interviews and some interesting topics coming up in the next few weeks. Wherever you listen, write a review and give us a five-star rating. And if you like the show, make sure to let everyone at your dojo know. Thanks for listening. Nihadibiru and mataya. Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all? Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist.